welcome to the Monday Muse podcast, where we feature music reviews and discussions between myself, the host, Maya Lohapunrangsi, and dedicated musicians working in the industry. And today, I'm very excited to welcome my guests, Jace Payakapan and Evan Kaisel, two graduates of Berklee College of Music. Do you guys want to say hi real quick? Hey! Howdy! All right. Jace is a vocalist and pianist with years of experience working as a music teacher. And Evan is a drummer and instructor at the Marty Walsh School of Music. And we are reviewing today what I consider to be a very exciting release of the year. And that is Silk Sonic's debut album titled An Evening with Silk Sonic. So Silk Sonic is an R&B duo consisting of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. And their first ever release together as a unit was the hit single, Leave the Door Open, which received great critical acclaim. It also brought a lot of mainstream attention to Anderson Pack, And it surprised me to learn that many had never heard of him before, even though he has been around for over a decade. So Evan, who is Anderson Pack, And how would you describe his role within the music industry or within the drummers community? Oh, God. Well, it's so interesting because he is a multifaceted character. Um, but what he does really, really well is sort of combine um, styles of um, of jazz, R&B, funk, soul. I guess now what you would call Black American music. That's sort of the new acronym for, um, in the past, what you would probably call jazz, which is a word for amalgamation of genres or different styles. His emphasis is on rhythm, an excellent voice um, for modern drumming. So to put him in perspective, since a lot of us would probably be more familiar with artists who are singers, who would you compare him to in the world of pop vocalists? I guess the modern version of that would be a triple threat, you know, a singer, dancer, actor. From what you've explained, Evan, and from what my knowledge, I feel like he could be equivalent to Lady Gaga and how she kind of treats Lady Gaga more like a project and she is multifaceted. She's able to do acting. She does the dancing. She's able to sing, songwrite, all that stuff. And I feel like Anderson Park definitely has the same energy where he treats himself more like a project and rather than a like just an individual. It's more so he's a product that he's trying to sell and like trying to put attributes to it by being multifaceted. And I think that is probably my, in my opinion, kind of like sort of a good comparison, but he is totally different. He's like in a different world than Lady Gaga, of course, but uh, to answer your question there. Mm -hmm. That is actually a very good comparison. I like that a lot. Um, Jace, so how would you describe Anderson Pack's vocals. It's not a trained voice. It's not someone who went through vocal lessons. Maybe he did take some, but it's not like his main principle. But he has such a good sense of like pitch and rhythm that it almost doesn't matter. Like back then people didn't even matter if you like reached the notes as much as you got that emotion through and his raspiness and just how he conveys his emotion through his words and his kind of limited range is actually really impressive and how he's able to like you know play drums and being able to do both help kind of glue this whole album together i really like his voice even though we won't consider it as like a diva voice like bruno mars 
he has an easy listening voice. He has that voice that you can fall asleep to. Um, long drive, night drives, like that raspiness. It's really cool. Yeah. So listening to this project as a whole, what was your first impression? Did you like it? It's such an energy, such a vibe. I mean, that is kind of the word you want to use. It's not necessarily a descriptive word, um, but it's evocative of a of a time period. You know, you start to get into stuff with like Parliament Funkadelic and yeah. into the 70s and the 80s with artists like... Um, what comes to mind right off the top of my head is Barry White because you have extensive string arrangements. Um, Horns. Yeah, great, great horn parts. It's just really, it's buttoned, buttoned up music um, with a really tight, very natural sounding production style that's evocative of those records that we, we love. Uh, I mean, even getting down to like the way that they recorded it on tape, that sort of, that sort of sound and the energy you get from making music in that way, um, people want to replicate now. Um, and it's really fun to do it that way. I've been really lucky to be able to record onto tape. There is nothing like the type of energy that you get from sitting down in a space like that and putting yourself in that time period again and being like, this is how we're making music. It's for the art. It's for the time. With the inclusion of people like Bootsy Collins, who is um, a window to an era. And when you hear Bootsy's voice in the intro and in the outro of the record, it just... <sighs> It just sucks you right in and you know exactly where you are. You know exactly what you're going to hear. So this record is essentially the sounds of the 70s and 80s and Motown. So I was wondering what are some ways to identify this genre of music for pop music listeners who might want to recognize the influence Stop time is really important where all the band plays the same rhythm. They get out of their, their own groove and they're bump, 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 you know, like kind of like um, Fly, the Flies Me, is that the track called? Yeah. It has that like kind of breath where the whole brand takes a breath together and then goes. It's very rhythm based and it has very memorable like um, bass lines. What's really, really important is like that play between instruments versus voice and you hear that a lot in this record you hear the bass line and then the vocal comes in and then the bass line responds or a guitar like ostinato and like the characteristics of funk you hear repetitiveness but then more elements are added on top of each other and then they break out of that re repetition like you hear in 777 um heavily influenced i feel like they were just copy and pasting James Brown for funk and that's like this whole album is almost like a tribute and an homage to what made music so good and so mm -hmm. listenable mm -hmm. that is actually very helpful I can totally piece them together now what I see and what I hear when getting into this project as a whole so let's get into the tracks on this album there are nine tracks including three singles which are Leave the Door Open, Skate, and Smoking Out the Window. Which one is your favorite or least favorite? Well, I mean, I happen to really like sort of the the way that the record introduces itself because it does sort of have a... 
you know, it's a bit of a handshake. It kind of lets you know what's coming. It introduces itself in a really thorough and, and uh, just way. Come on, Bootsy Collins is a is a fucking treasure. Like he does he does sort of introdu- introduce the the record into Leave the Door Open. You know, the song leaves the door open. In in the way that they write this song, it sort of it it lets you in to the the fun of this record. Um it doesn't really slow down in a lot of ways, but I I'd, I'd say my favorite part the way this record gets started. Um I think it's super important. I think my favorite track on the album probably has to be Fly As Me. I don't know why something about that song. Well, actually, I do know why. It's the writing in it. (laughs) Sorry. The writing in it, the vocal melody, how they split their voices and just how tight the sound is. Because not only is Bruno Mars a singer, he also helped produce it. He's on the congas. He's doing many, many different roles. And you could see that this entire album is their brainchild where everything is cohesive. Vocals are just as important as the instruments. The instruments are just as important as the vocals. And you can hear that in the production, especially Fly As Me. The one that's smoking out the window, um, I had a comment about that. And it's just... Because it's two men <laughs> making the, the record, some of the lyrics that are written can can come off as a little misogynistic it's like calling your girl a bitch you know like I know it's not what they that's not what they meant by it but because of the style of the music it's kind of relevant and it's the style of the music um, pertains to that so because of that that wasn't uh, my top three (laughs) but definitely flies me and skate is my favorite of that that is very interesting. I don't think I'm aware of a way, an equivalent way for women to address men in a not so polite way. There is no equivalent. No. I mean, bitch is a charged term. It's it's on its way out. I mean, it's it's so funny how common that word has been in pop music. And I think, I don't know what it was about about this record that made me go oh huh all right maybe it's time we wind that one down i think it might it might just be the way they used it in the song where it was like song is like you know the rhythm is going band cuts out bruno mars is just like on that line really hard it just feels like it's time to sort of say good night to that and it's, it's, an, it's an unfortunate thing that that it is so common Right, in, in pop culture, because it it's not a good word. So. And to piggyback off of what you said, there are a thousand ways to insult a woman. Yeah. But you call some woman like a slut, a whore, right? The male equivalent is a man whore or a man slut. Essentially, <laughs> it's just yeah. putting the word man in front of a woman's like insult, insult which is... Yeah. It shows that men have ruled this earth oh. for so long that they've made no words to like kind of point at them but more so at women because they've had the say and the voice in a lot of the music like back then like back then you know mostly men yeah. <laughs> mostly men in the music industry and so they get their voices out mostly still male is. authors still is. male composers male producers so yeah. they feel like they have the right to kind of oh my god we're gonna make the best record ever and then they put out like things that berate women and 
maybe they don't mean it, maybe they do, but you you do see it in the culture is shifting. That's why we've uh, two of us felt uncomfortable with that. Um, but um, times are changing. Times are changing. Yeah, good question. I agree. I think that given how this little part jumped out at you guys, despite the magic of the music itself, that is already telling me that you know time is definitely changing. So I do want to touch on performance a little bit. What did you guys think about the music videos released with the singles? Is very theatrical. They are both established artists, and from what I learned is that a lot of people like to put storylines in their music videos to keep it interesting. But here they really just put the emphasis on the music and how they work as a band together. You know, at the beginning, how they turn to one way at the same time. It shows how glued they are together, how well they know each other's movements, and how how they bounce the energy off of each other, like how they play. Mm -hmm. The stuff that we... That, that you see in Leave It Door Open is a classic 70s music video. They're not, you know, reinventing the wheel here with anything they're doing. And it's, it's to be loved and cherished and respected because it means they've done so much homework. And when you watch the video, it pulls you back to like, uh, there's a music video that comes to mind that's Billy, uh, Billy Preston's Nothing From Nothing from 1974. And it's it's him and the band in the studio on the day they recorded it, just playing along <laughs> yeah. to the recording they uh -huh. just made. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, you know, I think many times less is more. All right, before we wrap up this great, great discussion here, do you see this duo continue to work together in the long term? It feels like it could be less of a duo, more of a super group. Because, like, yeah, it starts out... add more people yeah, to it. because, I mean, it's... It, you know, it is just those two names, but Bootsy is such a huge voice. He literally introduces the record, and then he says goodbye at the very end. You know, as a as a voice of, um, as, a, as a thematic voice through the record, I could see Bootsy being more involved. I could see, I mean, Thundercat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the, people, people are going to come out of the woodwork to be a part of a record like this. Doesn't happen enough. It's really unfortunate. It's almost like we have the privilege of listening in onto their jam sessions almost yeah, very that's much what so. this sounds yeah. like it's like no question um and it's it's simple but comp complicated well it's complex in its simplicity yeah it's really hard to do the same thing it's over fun, and over but for serious. 15 minutes but you know yeah it's these... it's incredible yeah we're, i think we're watching young people sort of start to understand what made that era of music so special i i hope i'm right because I, I hope it sticks around. I hope so, too. What a great album review, you guys. A big shout out to Jason Evan for bringing us insights as music experts. I learned a lot today, and I'm sure that our listeners did as well. If you want to check it out, An Evening with Silk Sonic is now available as physical copies and on all streaming platforms. Buy CDs. Everyone buy <laughs> CDs. Please buy CDs. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs>